Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Welcome to Mass Youth Young Professionals podcast. Alhamdulillah. This, uh, just want to say, you know, Ramadan is here, of course. It's been here. It's been 24 hours in the first Ramadan. Alhamdulillah. I hope you're all doing well. Inshallah, take a few moments to uh, renew your intentions as we begin our event today. Uh, I know many of you were fasting, probably ate a lot. Some of you probably ate a lot. Some of you did probably ate a little bit and got full, just like me. Um, so I just want to welcome uh, our couple today, inshallah. In a few minutes, I'll introduce them. But to, before we begin anything, inshallah, please take your time and renew your intention. Ask Allah SWT to reward you. Uh, this is going to be a fun discussion, nothing serious. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, if you, if you want to know anything, if you want to ask any questions, you guys can ask in the chat group. We are also going live on Facebook if you're not available here and you want to go on Facebook, just chill, relax instead of being in front of your laptop. Um, so yeah, I wanted to actually get things rolling. I want to welcome brother Ishmael Ibn Ali and sister uh, Sabah Khawja and our, our, our final couples for the topic of the relationship, inshallah. We've been talking about relationship for the last three, four, three weeks and we're discussing how do you meet what's appropriate is is dming appropriate with people uh how do you deal with like you know getting to know somebody what are the ways you get to know somebody right uh, all sorts of questions and and things that we've been asking and we've been just having discussion i just want to make one disclaimer that we're not here to give any fatwa we're not giving we're not speaking on behalf of any shayukhs or anything like that just having a fun discussion um as young professionals and inshallah you get to enjoy those uh, conversations together so um, Brother Ishmael and, and, and sister, could you tell us about your story? Like, how did you guys meet? Like, was it a little marriage? Uh, who asked who? Like, uh, what happened? Was it like the Bollywood style? Like, you know, we got uh, we got our first Daisy couple, so you're gonna hear a lot of Bollywood content. <laughs> so, tell, tell us, you know, introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about your story. <laughs> yeah, assalamualaikum everyone. Thank you, you know, Gabriel for letting us come on. I don't know. So I don't know why he chose us, but alhamdulillah, inshallah, we'll have some interesting things to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, alhamdulillah, Sabah and I have been married now. Inshallah, June will be seven years that we uh, are married, alhamdulillah. Um, but yeah, we have a pretty interesting story, I guess. Um, basically, uh, in undergrad at University of Florida, where both of us are from Florida, uh, I was a... Um, sophomore, she was a freshman um, at, at the university, and I basically one day the MSA had an event, had an iftar. Uh, it, had I, it had to be MSA. Oh my goodness! Actually, actually, no, no. We're was, an MSA couple. Yeah, we're basically an MSA couple. Is the is the point? But <laughs> actually, uh, yeah, a joint MSA PSA Pakistani Student Association iftar, and. Um, I was headed to that iftar, and I remember it was in the the, the dome, like the O'Connell gym, where the basketball game takes place. Anyways, um, I got to the front of the building, and then I noticed that there was this uh, Muslim sister who looked like she was lost, like she didn't know where she was going. <laughs> uh, and she actually said, hey, do you know where the iftar is? And so I was kind of like, oh, okay, she's actually asking the me. Old, the only reason I knew he was going because he always wears his kufi. So I was like, oh, there's a Muslim. So I was like, okay, this is a guy I need to ask. <laughs> so um, I was like, yeah, sure, follow me. And so then um, I kept like, you know, six feet social distancing. And <laughs> uh, I walked to the iftar and she followed kind of behind. 
And that was it. Like that was the first time I saw her and she just kind of was in my mind, but I hadn't seen her for like another couple months. Um, and then uh, we both ended up in different ways getting involved in the MSA. Yeah. Uh, so I eventually became president of the MSA. She was also on the board. You were uh, uh, secretary. secretary of, of the MSA. <laughs> Man, you're about to get it today. <laughs> and then, um, and then, so yeah, I basically realized, okay, I think that, you know, she's cute. She has a nice personality. Um, but at that time I didn't think about like, okay, anything beyond it besides just acknowledging the fact that I, I liked her. I'm sure at that time she probably had no sense of <laughs> liking me. I honestly didn't remember that he was the same person that I had asked for directions that day. So like he, he, I guess he, obviously he remembered, but yeah, I was to like, me, that was I, so important to her. It was totally not important. Yeah. <laughs> but then, um, Basically, the, the following year, the following academic year, my sister came to the MSA, Abida, and she came to school. And I basically told her, hey, look, there's this sister that I think is cool. I think you could be friends with her. And I think I like her. So uh, you should get to know her so that I can know more about her. I love the third wheel. Yeah, yeah. And then so Abida basically was my mission. Um, and alhamdulillah, they actually are you know, good friends even to this day. Uh, there's a couple of minutes from me here in Virginia. Yeah. And um, basically I got to kind of know more about her through my sister. And I had that formal interaction in the MSA, but you know, we weren't like going anywhere to hang out or doing anything like that. And I didn't think that was appropriate. Um, and so basically I was like, okay, I got the information. Uh, I think I like her. If I'm serious about this, I got I got to approach with marriage in mind. And so, um, but I'm not, was it not your approach at the beginning? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, man. We got to keep this halal in here. Okay. Um, I mean, marriage is halal. <laughs> no, no. He's talking about before. He said, uh, like, do you have any non-legit non ways? Uh, okay. No, no. Okay. okay, go ahead. Go on. Finish your <laughs> so anyways, you know, even though I look Desi, I'm not Desi. Um, although maybe originally Desi because I'm from Trinidad. And so I was like, I don't know what cultural are going to be for marriage for a, for a, for a Desi person. So let me ask my Desi friends. And so I asked my Desi friends, these two guys who I'm still friends with today. And they're like, dude, if you're serious, you just got to call her dad. Like you just got to go straight to her father. And I was like, word, are you serious? And he, they're like, yeah, bro. You just got to either your family talks to their family or you go by yourself. And I was like, well, I don't want my parents to mess this up. So I'm going to go by myself. Yeah. <laughs> And so long story short, I ended up getting her dad's phone number, called her dad one day after Juma. Um, what was that like? Find out? Yeah, huh? What was that like? Yeah, so I basically called him. But kind of before this, he had met my parents before at like, I don't know if they, you had come to Orlando. And there was it was from a mother of class. Like, yeah, so like, it wasn't like he just cold called my dad and like my dad had no idea who he is. Like he kind yeah. of who he was and that we were in the MSA together and stuff. So yeah, okay. a little bit of an idea of like who was calling him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wasn't a complete foreigner. Yeah. Um, but so I basically called him on the phone and I was just like, Salaam uncle, inshallah, you're well. I wanted to talk to you about something serious. Do you have some time? And he said, yeah, okay. Um, and then I uh, just basically said, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I forget exactly what I said, but I said something like I'm, interested in 
uh, your daughter for the purpose of marriage. And I wanted to know if I could start that process of getting to know her, you know, formally for that kind of goal, something like that. I said, yeah. <laughs> and he just was like, uh, uh okay. <laughs> on the phone. And then he said, I have to get back to you on that. Um, and so then a week, he said, he told me it might take like a week. So then I waited a week and he called me back and he basically said, um, so yeah, we're not ready uh, right now to have um, Saba consider marriage because she's still in school. She has, you know, another year left or I guess two years left. At two that years. Point. Yeah, I was, it was the end of sophomore year that he called. So I was like, we were not thinking about marriage at all. And even for me, I was like, at least I, I wanted to get married at least after undergrad. So yeah. I, it was just like not on our minds. And so it kind of caught us by surprise. And we're just like, uh, you know, not right now. Kind of thing. So, so it was basically, I, I didn't take it as a no, I took it as a not right now. Okay. So, so then the next year was my senior year, her junior year, and we were still on the MSA board together for that whole year. Um, and then basically I was going to move to Baltimore at the end of that year. And I was like, I should go and see if this is an option or should I just kind of leave this behind, move to a new city and, you know, maybe pursue something else. And so then I went back and at that point they were like, okay, you can come to our house and have a conversation about it. And so then I went over to their house and we talked and they let me, they said, okay, you can get to them you can talk to her. Um, so I had just moved and we started talking while I was away. Um, and then we talked for what, like four or five months or something like that, four months maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think five months, four or five months. And then basically I was kind of like, okay, I'm good to go. I, I, I'm down. <laughs> but, but I think needed some more time. Yeah. yeah. So I was kind of, it was a hard decision for me to make because, um, it was going to be a big, a big cultural difference. Um, like I'm Pakistani and you know, the food and the, the language and everything. And in my mind, I had always imagined like, okay, I'm going to marry an, a Desi person. And so to, to like, even to think about marrying someone outside of the culture was like a little, you know, yeah. I guess I needed time to like think, okay, is this really going to work? And do I really want this? And is this the right person to marry like cross culturally? Cause I mean, I think, it kind of depends on the person. I don't know if I would be able to do it with, you know, anyone. And so, um, yeah, I think, I don't know how, it, it was a long time that we were kind of on and off in terms of talking and when I- March, it was March. Yeah, I think I said yes, like maybe nine, 10 months after um, we had started like formally talking. Wow. So, we had some like breaks in there, so you gave, you, you gave it to right and time. So it's interesting. Like, um, by, by the way, folks, uh, people are online on Facebook right now, live. This is our first MSA couple. I'm just gonna say it like that, right? <laughs> interesting, a lot of MSA questions. I mean, you know, you hear, uh, you hear people like talk about this whole MSA joint becoming like a go to place for hookups, you know, and I'm being real about our conversation, right? Like, or and, and, and you know, not, I, I personally don't see anything wrong with you finding. And where else would you? Where else should you find? Right? I mean, other than like nowadays, we talk about apps and everything else that we had our discussions of finding people, finding spouse. I think like you know, um, 
it's really interesting both of you have taken a good approach in terms of your the way you uh, asked each other or the way you guys approach you know for example brother ishmael here tagging his sister to make sure get to know you more right like thinking about these things it's not it's not no it's not uh norm and i think sisters out there who are actually watching this i mean just to keep in mind that's how you know uh you're, you're on the right direction with our certain brother right mashallah Versus like it's a straight up DM, it's a straight up meeting up, and you're just going and constantly climbing the ladder of the wrong direction of this relationship, where you know where it's heading, right? Um, so that's interesting. Uh, how long have you guys been married for? So it'll be seven years in June. Oh, uh, that's good. You guys passed your five mark. Five mark. Once you pass five mark, you're all set in a way, almost right. <laughs> yeah. We got years between me and Lulu, so alhamdulillah, like it. So that, 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 mashallah. So, like, we are also a mixed racial couple, right? So, we, the biggest yeah. issue we had between me and my wife was food, man. Like, yeah. I wanted my curry at the end of the night, right? I was like, listen, I, I want my chicken biryani or my chicken curry, like, please, like, like, and then it, it, we, we start art, like, we would go fights between that just on food. We didn't realize how, like, crazy it was, right? Mm -hmm. The culture difference, the language barriers. So, there was a lot of hurdles we went through. And, and, and like right now we're asking ourselves, like, would you do this again? It's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> right. But alhamdulillah, I think like right now I'm okay. I, I transitioned my food into like the, what she's cooking. I was like, all right, I'm fine. I'm, I'm like, and a lot of people are making, a lot of my friends make fun of me like, oh, so you don't eat Bengali food anymore? I was like, eh, I kind of don't like, I can't handle spice anymore. <laughs> yeah. I will say that I feel like, um, you know, at, at MSA is kind of a good way to be able to judge someone because you're kind of seeing them in like a different, a third space where it's not like super, like it's not like a masjid where you're like, you know, gender segregated. Yeah. And you see them in like a working relationship and you see like how they are with their friends. And so it's just a more organic way, I think, to yeah. get to know somebody for who they really are instead of like, um, obviously not everyone is going to find someone, but if you can, you know, it, it's a good way to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So like, um, so question for you, Abel Ishmael, and I think we, you know, share us. So what's the hadith? Like what's, we talked about like many different things in our podcast series, right? Talk about like getting to know somebody purpose of getting married. We, we're kind of getting into her, her, the whole purpose of marriage. And like, why, why, like, you know, what is the steps that you take towards it? Uh, what are the requirements or how do you get to know somebody? What are the ways to get to, what are the questions to ask? All those things we kind of talked about. I want to bring the, you know, in the spirit of Ramadan, we want to talk about definitely what were some of the advices from the Prophet, you know, look at, looking at his love marriage and was, did he have a love marriage, right? Is that the case? Did, did that really work together in a third space like you guys and fell in love with each other and really took an appropriate uh, action to be together? What were there, like, you know, what's the hadith that you can share with us? Give us some shed light on this and, and to our viewers. Like, you know, there's four reasons you get married, right? What are, what are those four? Yeah, yeah, from the hadith of the Prophet, peace upon him, you know, he said that people usually marry for four reasons. One, um, and the order may differ depending on the, the narration of the hadith, but, you know, essentially one can marry for looks, right, or beauty, for lineage, coming from a good family, for wealth, uh, and for religion being the fourth. And then he said, may the one who does, you know, prosper be the one who uh, marries for religion. Um, you know, I think though in, uh, you know, like I'll speak for myself, I think, alhamdulillah, I think I, I picked someone based on a little bit of all of, all four of those, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. 
you can't you can't deny the fact that you like someone you like you're attracted to them you like how they look alhamdulillah uh, when i saw her brothers her three brothers and her mom and dad they were very nice to me i'm like okay they come from like a good family you know um alhamdulillah and her her family um you know i can't say I, i'm not i didn't marry her for her wealth <laughs> she uh, she had good taste and good uh, like she you know she dressed well and she like carried herself well you know? um, i love the honesty right here <laughs> and um humbala yeah she's, she's an accomplished woman herself uh you know alhamdulillah. and then um i mean one thing that i didn't mention is that you know when i first when i first saw her um i noticed at that time that she didn't wear a hijab right and then the next time i saw her like four months five months later I saw she had started wearing hijab. And so, of course, you know, there's a lot to be said in that conversation about hijab and does it represent religiosity, et cetera. But yeah. what, it, what it meant to me at that time was, okay, a lot of the girls that I went to high school with, they came to college and just got like loose, <laughs> right? And yeah. I'm seeing a sister here who, or a girl here, a woman here, who I think her putting on hijab is maybe a sign that she's thinking about her relationship with Allah. Yeah. Whether it's at a certain point or another higher point or a lower point, I don't know, but she's thinking about it. And so I think that I would want to be with someone who thinks about their relationship with Allah. Mm. Because I want to be with someone who is on that continual path of drawing closer to yeah. him. Yeah. Um, so that was an indication to me. And I think, alhamdulillah, you know, um, even though we, we have different opinions on things religiously and, you know, I may follow something, she may follow something else. We yeah. both, inshallah, are trying to improve ourselves in the sight of Allah. And I think that's an important an important yeah. aspect to this part, you know? Finding someone that, that you are compatible with at that level. Because if you're not compatible on the spiritual heart level, you're not going to really be compatible on other levels. Right, right. I think, I mean, same thing here, like, religious-wise, um, just being on the board together. I think he saw me and then I saw him we both kind of grew in terms of like religiosity and spirituality. Um, uh, like when, when we first met, you know, or even when I met his sister, like they're from Miami and that, you, the, like when we first met them, that came off right away. <laughs> like they're from, Miami. I'm from Orlando and like, you know, Miami and Orlando, very different cultures. So yeah, the, I like he had his Miami-ness in him, but like at, <laughs> in his four years in college, like I could see him like growing spiritually and stuff. And um, I think all Maghrib Basically like, becoming less Miami. <laughs> kind of. um, at that time, all Maghrib was like the thing to do in college. So we would go to classes and stuff. So like that was like kind of how we were in the same things in terms of curiosity and like could see each other um, interested and wanting like the same goals for our lives interesting so uh, that's a good so going back to the hadith you mentioned right and I, you're saying you got pieces of everything within her uh so the hadith also mentioned talks about like you know marry someone for their status right uh if they're high status you can marry them you can marry them for their um wealth correct status wealth yeah. looks the beauty and the dean so the prophet uh exemplifies that you know marry somebody with the dean you, you you most likely a winner right so so one of the one of the way i took this hadith in my in my thought process is that 
personal the deen has status with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? They're in the highest rank with the, with the angels. Uh, they're wealthy with their good deeds because they might, you know, squeeze you in, right? And they're also beautiful with their nur in terms of their, you know, in, inside, in light, in their, their light within them. So yeah, you marry the person with the deen, you get all other three comes with it. And that's just yeah. how you look at it. Yeah. So, and that hadith is so powerful. It's interesting because even when I was, I was so adamant, I was like, oh, I'm marry, I want somebody hijab, I want somebody abaya, you know, I had this criteria, man. I'm like, like, who the hell, who the, who the heck was I, right? Yeah. So, and even like my wife, adjustment comes as you, I'm sure you guys have realized, right? To the point where at the beginning, I'm going to lead the salah, we're going to pray together, you know, all the sweet talks, mashallah, we're going to walk to this path of being journeying. And like, there, there was a point where I like, listen, don't wake me up for project. I'm going to wake up. I need extra 10 minutes sleep. <laughs> right? And once you are down the line, five, six years of marriage, like you realize these things and you appreciate it and you, you grow within it, right? Like you guys said, your spiritual journey we're kind of like aligning together and you guys were going towards a certain direction. So it's just, that's, that's the way it should be. Nobody's going to come to a point like we're perfect. Let's just kind of stick to the same level. It's going to be up and down. It's complementary. Uh, that's something important to recognize and, and, and understand. I mean, let's look at the prophet's uh, um, story. I mean, in the way they, the way, you know, we always talk about Khadija, peace be upon her. Like she approached him or she had somebody approach him. Right. Why, why did, why didn't they approach, you know, each other directly, right? What was that? What was the, you know, what, what was the third messenger for? Same thing for you guys. You know, you could have just asked her directly, Hey, um, you know, I'm interested in your, in getting to know you. So any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I have had this discussion with other friends and, and other, and even, you know, teachers of mine and, you know, there is nothing wrong if your intention is, for the purpose of marriage to just go up and talk to somebody right there's nothing in the dean that says you can't do that but you know you have to factor in culture you have to factor in what people how people operate and um, at least you know what i found was um you need to sometimes have a messenger in between so that a you get another person's opinion like in the prophet example khadija sent maysara right as someone who worked for her and he, and he went on that trip with the prophet peace be upon him when Khadija had hired him um, to travel, and so she basically sent him to kind of give her a you know a scoop essentially on how he was as he traveled, and yeah. then he report back to her and say, hey, yes, yeah, some of your thoughts, I I, I witnessed this, I verified this, um, and then she said, all right, well then if, if what you're saying is true, I trust you, then I would like to approach him for you know for marriage, and so then. Maysara went in and mentioned it. So um, I think there is something to be said about being, getting yeah. an opinion, you know, whether it's friends or it's a relative or, you know, you know, someone in the community, there is something to be said about, you know, the Rishta aunties and they like talk to each other and there's the network and, oh, this family does this and I know this person. Um, there is something to be said about getting another opinion. Um, and I think it's important. You should, because you, you can get swooned, you know, you can just be there in love and, you know, you want to just go with it, but you need to be able to be, you know, have a, yeah, right, exactly. Um, and so, uh, and I think in our, in our society, potentially, I don't know, I don't know, if I, if I, if I had come straight to you, you would have probably been like, what is this fool doing, right? <laughs> yeah. I would you though? 
in terms of like personality i think it might depend on the girl like some That's girls true. would probably prefer to be asked that like them first and just so that they they would want to bring it up to their parents because they think it'd be like a better conversation for them to have i think and for me i think i would have just gotten way too awkward and like ran away or something so <laughs> i mean i appreciated that he went to my dad because at first of all i knew he was serious and he wasn't yeah. trying to like talk to me for no reason um and second of all like it just kind of took out the awkwardness if it, if that mm -hmm. conversation was just between us um also because i was away for college it's about two hours away from orlando i i'm just the type of person where i don't want my parents thinking like well you know what, like what was she doing you know in college kind of thing so right. the fact that he approached my dad directly like it wasn't like weird for my parents to you know, if, if they had heard it some other way. Did, did, your, did your parents, were they like, um, did they have a particular, like you, he has to be Pakistani, he has to be, you know, specific so, or whatever, you know, like does he have to be like, was there a criteria? Yeah, so it wasn't like, like, I guess, like I, I, didn't, I didn't grow up like hearing that from them but i think it was just kind of understood that i was going to marry someone daisy and i also yeah. wanted to just that's how i guess i was raised um and so when he the first time he came and it, it was a timing issue but it was also kind of like the cultural difference and so um it was actually good that like he yeah. asked kind of early on because it kind of took time for it to settle in my parents' minds and be like, okay, like, are we going to be okay with this? Or, you yeah. know, um, it, I think it always takes a little bit of time to adjust to a different culture. And mm -hmm. um, even if parents are not right away going to be like, oh yeah, this is like amazing. Like, you know, I think giving them that time to think about it and yeah. um, just kind of convince it's them that this is, you know, I'm actually, I'm marrying this person like solely for Dean because they're, you know, like if it's not cultural, then, you know, in Islam, the reason we marry cross-culturally is because they're, they're Muslim. So yeah. yeah, it kind of, I think that's like the best reason you could have. Yeah. Yeah. The other, the other thing too, that I thought would be, I just, this is actually part of my thought process was if I approach with someone else, if I talk to her dad versus going straight to her, if I get rejected, it'll be easier from her dad and from her herself. Because, you know, like if you actually and you go to them and it's like, I don't have anything to do with you. You know, it's a lot easier to swallow that if it's some family member telling you or a friend versus just the person telling you straight yeah. up, nah, dude, this is not gonna work. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I know, of course, like I think approach, you know, you, you had the right intention, you're approaching the parents, you're approaching the father. I think that's very like a bold move. A lot of people nowadays, let's be real, you know, they want to get to know each other more and more and they want to meet up, they want to hang out, they want to see how they are, right? All of those turns. And I think, you know, you, everybody's an adult, you would take your discretion. But if your parents don't know and your feelings are attached and it's going further away, further and further, and even, even the, I mean, let's look at the prophets or some situations, like even, you know, when, when she, when Khadija sent a messenger to ask, I, I'm, you know, there was, you know, she could have asked them directly that, I mean, they were business partners, right? But the fact they're bringing in third person, I think that's something really important you mentioned, having the third 
party, no matter who they are, it is the auntie or the friend or the sister or siblings, anybody that really engages, it puts the spirit of this family, right? Because like, it's not much, it's not just marriage of between each other. It's a family uniting together, right? And yeah. that bond of family has, uh, intention has to be, it's not just like, oh, me and him only, right? All right, that's it, the world is gonna end. And then you want $50,000 wedding, why? Because, uh, and everybody else to come enjoy, but you don't even care about everybody else, right? So it's like, this, this whole communal thing is a communal, right? It's, it's, a, it's, a, fa it's a family, it's a, it's a community. So I think that's important aspects of it. And I think that's what, uh, you know, if, uh, the Prophet even even his hadith, when he's mentioning marry somebody for their deen, when you see somebody who's involved in deen, they're involved in the community. They're not single-handedly left in the corner, right? They're involved, they're active. And when you look at engagement of individuals too. So yeah, that's that's awesome. So I, we, have a, we have a question. I want to start getting to the questions right now. Uh, what was the biggest obstacle, Ahmed asked, what was the biggest obstacle you guys had to overcome before and after marriage? How did you overcome it? Hmm. So these are the biggest ones that you guys, um, so I, I, I mentioned mine, food. <laughs> I didn't realize it was food till like start hitting me like a couple months later. I was like, hey, um, uh, my, my, you know, we got to talk. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, the biggest thing before marriage was like getting over the cultural thing. It was just making sure that this is what I really want and um, without having like outside voices because I think it could be good for some people and not good for others. And it kind of depends on the family you're coming from and how strong culturally each person is and whether they're going to want to like um, really have that in the household and how that might affect raising kids and stuff. So um, that those were all the considerations I was kind of going through in my mind before. And um, I obviously came to the conclusion that it was gonna be okay. Um, yeah. In terms of after marriage, um, I don't have like one specific one. We were um, living separately first two years after our marriage like right after we got married because i was in law school in orlando and he was doing his master's in baltimore so um i think that was kind of a that was a difficult thing to do because for two years like if it's six months it's not that big of a deal but two years is oh my god especially right after you get married like that's the time that you want to spend and get get to know each other even more so yeah <laughs> on him <laughs> yeah that's tough like even like for us uh, uh between me and my wife we had that you know long distance for a couple months and it was just really tough uh it wasn't easy like and then you have other obstacles and then other uh you know things just come about yeah that's interesting but was there anything different with Ishmael for you um i mean one thing that is you know is always on my mind per se is um you know, expectations in terms of, you know, where you are as a couple. Uh, I, I definitely look back on it now and I think I underestimated, you know, what it, what it costs to have a family, <laughs> you know, like in the early days. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I did, I remember I, I did go to her, her dad and I was like, yeah, I'm a teacher. Like I teach high school chemistry in Baltimore city public schools. Um, and you know, I, I, I will do whatever it takes to provide for your daughter, but it's, it's one thing to say that. And then it's another thing to work out having a job, um, you know, having a job that has stable income that you can provide for the person to, 
you know, the level that they're accustomed to, that they're used to. Um, and it takes a lot of negotiating with the other person to, to make sure that they're there with you through that ride. Cause you know, as a young couple, I mean, so we got married when we were 23, each of us were 23. And I, I definitely, I was, I was not on the doctor path, the lawyer path, the engineer path, none of those paths. Um, and so, but you know, she has a right to be provided for and everything properly. Yeah. And I have a certain way out of my life that is just different from hers. And I may be able to live it differently than she does and be fine. But you know, I, it's not me, it's, it's her and me together. And so, um, that took some adjustment reflection. Um, and I just, it's just something that you have to deal with. You can never really know it before. Like you can talk about it before until you actually get into marriage. Yeah. Um, and you just have to be willing to have conversation and be open with yeah. each other because, you know, humble, I feel like both of us are decent listeners. Like we listen to each other. We're not like going to shout at the top of our lungs or something. We'll just be like talking and be like, okay, but this is what I'm saying. You know, like you have to, you have to build that ability to communicate with each other so you can work through stuff like yeah. that. Otherwise, um, I could see that I wasn't prepared for that. Like I thought about it, but experiencing it. Yeah, very crucial, yeah. I, I think a lot of people don't talk about the financial part of marriage, like before marriage. And I think it's important to know like the de what each person's definition of being financially secure means and because um, they might differ and then you're going to figure that out later and then it might cause so yeah very good point because like even in, in re the reality is folks that are listening in uh, a lot of marriage fail because of the you know financial instability right or they don't do well financially um, and that starts with the whole marriage process people just wish for this amazing Cinderella wedding and like look let, let's be real for guys, we don't care about all that stuff, right? Especially the sisters, they want to go all out. It's a once in a lifetime thing. Then I'm like, yeah, it's once in a lifetime, exactly. You don't have to go all out for once in a lifetime for certain things. Like, I think a lot of people make bad financial uh, choices, right? Yeah. Uh, getting in debt from beginning, like, you know, having these lavish weddings or lavish expectations. And then instead of like really being smart about it, and believe me, like, uh, even like, in terms of communicating with each other, even that is not clear. That is not transparent. Like lifestyle, the way with the, what you, what you, uh, even the clothing attire, the way, you know, the way, the, the brand name you wear, it's like, okay, why, like, you know, here's, we're talking about Dean and all of a sudden you're talking about this level of like, you know, $900 or like $1,500 purse. And I'm sitting there like, that's a rent. Like something is not making sense in here, right? And I understand the gifts, like these things has to be talked about with each other, right? In terms of giving gifts with one another. Maybe that's something that you got, people are gonna work together to really get to a level. But yeah. it's so crucial, mate. Like I'm, I have seen it through, alhamdulillah, like, you know, I'm blessed with like, my wife is very simplified that she lives, you know, nothing like very simple living and we are on the same page on that. And I'm glad, like me, me being like the Daisy Jew, right? I'm like, I'm, I'm all about <laughs> like, hey, saving money, we're gonna get this. I, and 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 like she's really caught, like she sees that really well, right? I'm like, okay, good. And I don't, I'm not a spender. I'm like very, like get my, I'm okay with my Camry, all right. I don't have to get my Lexus. I do the window shopping all I want. But I'm really careful about what, uh, how I spend money. And 
you know, she doesn't have a big spend to it. But sometimes I'll like we we'll spoil each other. Like sometimes we look at certain things like, oh man, I wish I had it. And then I realize either I buy it for her and during Eid or something special, right? You can go out and spend the extra money. But so very, very, very important topic you guys mentioned, the financial aspects of it in terms of marriage. Like even and a lot of people will throw issue like, oh well, the dean is there, everything is will be okay. Like, yeah, your rent is due, seventeen fifty at the month. Yeah, the dean is there, the dean is still gonna be there, right? But you pay your rent or not, right? <laughs> And I, I, I think also li- where you live, like DC, mm. Maryland, Virginia is an expensive place to live. Yeah. You know, I think couple go back and forth struggling where they can't even afford to find their own place mm-hmm. because of what's going on. So I think all of this is an important matter to figure out in advance. Don't don't be naive just because like, oh, but you know, Allah will provide. Like, yeah, Allah will provide, but you gotta take the steps, right? Very crucial. Uh, that's that's a good point you guys mentioned. Yeah, it's a, it's a journey, man, um, you know, and I think uh, this COVID situation right now is forcing everyone to kind of rethink what are essentials that they need, um, what do they actually need as a as a family, in our case, just the two of us, or if you have, you know, uh, you're living with other people, you're realizing, well, I can't, I have to get rid of a lot of the fluff in my life, so what do I, what are those essentials, and, um, and yeah, like, you know, both of us are working from home now. We we set our desks next to each other, and our yeah. we turned our guest bedroom into the <laughs> right now. Um, and so I'm sure a lot of people are probably wondering, like, "Wow, can I find someone who will put up with me for like you know, 18 hours of the day because I'm sleeping together?" You know? <laughs> because we were thinking about that. I was like, "Man, we spent our whole day together. Now. There's like no break <laughs> whatsoever." Yeah, you know. I- I told my wife, like, each day in COVID is two days with you. That you know, <laughs> your anniversary, right? That's a lot of time we're spending together. But then, again, you know, somebody also mentioned something interesting. They said that, you know, we're kind of spoiled. But in, usually back home, people are always in, in, in uh, home. They're not going out much the way we are, we have been, or in, in the way we've been used to, right? Going out for eat or, you know, whatnot. But I want to bring you back to the topic in terms of the four reasons people get married. Of course, you mentioned beautifully. Uh, you know, it, it's a struggle out there, no doubt about it. You want to do your best, but always focus on the dean at the end, at, at the end of the light. Oh, make sure that dean part is there because that really balances everything else. Yeah. Financially, the looks, the status, all those will be up and down in, in lifetime, right? But that faith, that spirituality, that is going to set tone of expectations versus reality, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's important for all of us to really be conscious about Especially in this blessed month of Ramadan, for those who are single, make dua that Allah SWT bless you with a righteous spouse, right? Uh, and 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 Allah SWT, you know, give you the blessings to go through this journey together. If you have somebody in your mind you're in, you're intending to marry, or you have, you know, seen somebody who's interested, go approach them or approach their parents. You know, take the good steps, take the right steps, because once you lose barak in your in your relationship, you don't want that. You know, you don't want it. You don't want to start on the wrong path. You want to. You don't want to start on the wrong trickling path where it goes to, takes you in a negative energy, right? So I think being optimistic, being positive, uh, seeing, getting mentors, right? One of the things, me and my wife, we we have mentors that we look up to, or with this we check in with as much as we can, right? And we do and counseling. All of that is a support system. You have to kind of put efforts. You have to constantly plant, uh, you know, uh, water your uh, plant for it to grow as a marriage. Yeah. Well, say on that point that you just mentioned uh i do think sometimes people think that 
they need to look for somebody religiously who will make them more religious. Like mm -hmm. they, they will look for someone and say, oh, okay, this person's gonna help me pray more. This person's gonna help me do this more and that more, read more Quran. And um, they kind of essentially end up placing the responsibility of their spirituality on their spouse. And it doesn't work like that. You're responsible for your, for your relationship with Allah. Yeah. They're responsible for their relationship with Allah. And then your goal, at least in my view, is that you foster that, you know, as the ayah says, Allah says that he will, you know, he's made for each of you a spouse or spouses. And then the ilayha, so that you'll find tranquility with, within one another. And it's through that ability to live in a, in a, in a home where there's comfort and love and mercy that you can each then make your path to Allah, right? Mm. Um, but you each have to be doing your, you each have to be committed to that process. Yeah. You can't place that burden on like, oh, Saba, you're the reason why I'm missing Fajr every morning. You know, <laughs> you stay up late watching see movies or something. It's like, no, that's not, a, that's not even what happens. But, you know, I'm just saying like, people will come up with ridiculous things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, or yeah, they'll just want to marry somebody that is a higher level than them so that they can push them to come up to that level too. And it's not yeah. really the way it works. Um, yeah. And then also like to that point, you can't also think that I'm going to marry someone and they're going to get more be better religiously afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they don't have this standard now, but inshallah they'll grow to that standard. I don't, I don't think you can hedge your bets. Yeah. Yeah. That's a negative, that's a negative approach too, right? I mean, also like at the end of the end of the day, you are responsible for yourself. You get, you know, no matter what, yes, your spouse is there. Think of them as an alarm clock, alarm clock, right? You can, and, and they don't just wake, they're there to support. It's a support system. Yeah. Right? But you, you're, dude, if any, if I pass away tomorrow, I'm in the graveyard, right? I'm done. Like there is no, like, I can't, like you, nobody should be depending on anyone in connecting with Allah. Like, Connect towards Allah, but use your support system. is a community effort, absolutely, no doubt about it. That's why we pray together. That's why we help each other. That's why we remind one another. Right. But at the end of the day, the journey is to you, to Allah, uh, towards Allah. It has to be strengthened from yourself first before anybody else pushes you. The environment can have an impact, just like your spouse. And sometimes they can be negative impact in your relationship with Allah, right? The person you marry. So that you have to be very careful. Sometimes that sister or that brother is going to take you away from them. Like, oh, just don't pray. Or like, you know, like you can, you're okay with taking that. You're not in the process of hijab or anything like, like, you know, th there's negative energy can come in the marriage as well too. Yeah. That's awesome guys. Uh, we, I really appreciate you guys. Uh, I think we have one more question. Let's see. Any tips on how to invest in yourself? Oh man, Ahmed, you're asking some deep questions. I'm going to let Ishmael answer that. How do you invest in yourself? Uh, Ishmael? I think it's a lifelong process, right? Yeah, I think both of us can speak to that a little bit. I'd probably say, um, you know, investment, you either invest, you have to invest time and money, you know, and uh, the, your time is going to be based on what you prioritize. So you got to prioritize yourself. And, and my argument is that to really know yourself, you have to know your purpose and you understand that purpose through the understanding of the Quran and the life of the Prophet, peace be upon him. So you have to take the steps to be able to learn that well um and through that process you will get to know yourself better um yeah i mean yeah, I think, that. yeah investing in yourself i think it's just like 
knowing your uh, strengths and weaknesses and kind of building on that. And um, in terms of like, if you're working, then, you know, finding something that you like doing and then outside of work, that's having hobbies or doing something that, you know, interests you or helps you develop as a person, whether that's finding a holocaust group at the mosque or whatever, you know, um, just like doing things that will make you grow better as a person over time and inshallah, like make you better over time, yeah. One one thing you can think of, I know, you know, just as a last thing is, sometimes we we always think about what we need to add to our life to make it better. A lot of times make your life better by removing something. Yeah, reducing. The whole question was he accidentally sent it before it got fully typed. Basically, oh. tips on investing in yourself before marriage, so you are giving the best of yourself to your future significant other. So I guess that's a, that's a good that's a good um, think about it for a second. I, definitely, like I think you have to think about when you're living with somebody else. It's not easy. Like you you that is not an easy process, guys. Like it's all beauty when you first stare at each other and everything is butterfly. But once you live with each other that towel hanging at that moment that she doesn't like where you're hanging it, that <laughs> behind the, the, the lights you leave on, right? The little things that trickles, like, I think like, you know, being, learning to be able to be patient, learning to be able to understand, you know, some of the bigger, bigger things, like, you know, in terms of uh, purpose of life, uh, what directions you're going, investing in making sure you have the you're able to provide as a, as a man in the house right make sure you have that set of some sort of guideline make sure you um you have your relationship with your community and your masajid and your other institutions set right there's a there's a framework that she's going to come in or you guys going to come together and live and you have a channel of process your ideological view your your thought process your identity all of those things plays a major role in marriage right i mean you can't just have uh, extreme thought process and getting into a relationship and next you know this person doesn't align with you right all of that so those are some of the things that i can like in my personal take on it's like so i'd love to hear from you guys what are the some of the personal investment you should make before you seek your spouse i don't think you can have that all figured out before you get married just because if you are getting married like in your 20s you're still kind of figuring out what you want to do in your life and what job you're going to have and who you are, who you are individually as a person and um, I think that's kind of fluid and it changes over time. Um, but I think the main things that you need to have kind of in the back of your mind are like what your values are and what you um, appreciate in a, another person. Like everyone has pet peeves and stuff. And so um, in terms of like just investing in yourself, it's like knowing what your values are, having some kind of goal in your life and working towards that goal, even if you're not there yet. Yeah. It's a good yeah. I think I agree with most of that. I think basically you have to work on being a good human being <laughs> and then being a good human being with some basic humanity will help you through any relationship you have. So, mm -hmm. if, so if you work on yourself in terms of your patience, if you work on yourself in terms of your ability to, you know, engage in conflict and work through a conflict, right. Um, if you learn how to tone down your anger, right? Like these kinds of things will help you because you'll never have it all figured out. Um, yeah. But you have to know your tendencies. So if you're a hot-headed person, you got to start working on, well, what can I do to help reduce, to cool myself down? Yeah. yeah. That, you have to know yourself. And one, 
maybe one uh, resource I can give the, the viewers that I use, I actually went through it cover to cover. Um, there's a book called um, Dwell in Tranquility by um, Kamal Sha'arawi. Okay, it's an English book, Dwell in Tranquility. He is a, he studied at Azhar University, um, Islamic studies, and then also is a um, psychologist, or psychologist by training. Um, so he's been a marriage counselor for like 30 years, I believe, something like that. And he wrote this book, Dwell in Tranquility. And so it's an exercise book. It's like a workbook. And um, he it's the first half of the book almost is just about you, like you getting to know you to then figure out what are the things that you're going to want or need in your marriage. And then how do you then go from being not married through the process of marriage to getting married and then maintaining good relationship all based on the, you know, um, uh, the advice of the prophet peace be upon him. And Quran. So uh, it's definitely a good book, um, Dwell in Tranquility, and it might be a practical way for you, Ahmed and others, to kind of think through some of the stuff that Sabah is is mentioning here. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Jazakallah khair, guys. Thank you so much. May Allah SWT bless your marriage. May Allah SWT, you know, enter you guys in Jannah for those together next to the Prophet and thank you so much for coming through and just having this awesome discussion and conversation. Ramadan Kareem, um, you know, we definitely want to, uh, you know, make dua for all of you who are out there who are single, people that are struggling. Uh, but, you know, um, Alhamdulillah, like, uh, so one comment says, not a question, but a comment. You three are blessing to the greater DMV community. Oh, mashallah, Jazakallah khair. May Allah SWT accept from you. Uh, Ahmed, thank you. Uh, what's the name of the book again? Dwell in Tranquility. What's the author again? What's the author's name? Kamal, K-A-M-A-A-L, uh, Sha'awi. I think it's C-H-A-W-A-A-R-Y. Kamal Sha'awi. Dwell in Tranquility. All right. Dwell in Tranquility. Check out the practical book. Thank you so much. From next week, inshallah, we are going to start focusing on, we're going to change the subject to relationship with the Quran. So that's our, so our next week guest is Imam Johari, who will be here with us in our live podcast series. So let everybody know about it, inshallah. And follow us on Instagram, Mass Youth National, to find out more about events and programs and activities. Malas will text up you guys. I know, bless you in this Ramadan. Thank you so much, guys. I uh, really appreciate it. So we're going to end our series right now. Everyone, thank you so much. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Well,